Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Curious Conversations with Tully and Sarah. We sit down and chat with business owners, entrepreneurs, and some of the best conversation starters. This is a podcast about real life lessons and people doing cool shit. Hey guys, on today's episode, I'm super excited. We interviewed one of my best friends, fashion it girl, Rosalia Russian. We talk business, fashion, and life outside social media. Little trigger warning, guys. Rosa does open up about her struggle with postnatal depression. Hope you guys enjoy. Okay, so I am beyond excited for today's podcast. We'll be interviewing not only my best friend, my ride or die fashion it gal, Rosalia Russian. Hi. Hi. I've got the biggest <laughs> smirk on my face. I have to admit, I'm a little bit nervous for today's podcast. I think it's a little bit nerve-wracking when you're interviewing one of your best friends and you are actually our first podcast interview that we have going to be doing. So oh, welcome. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> We're super excited. So as people probably don't know, you and Tully are very, very close friends. She was actually one of your bridesmaids at your wedding. Um, can you just tell us how you met and probably one of your favourite stories with Tull? How do we meet? So we met probably, I would say, 12 years ago. Yeah, probably. I feel like... Yeah, about 12 years ago. So um, one of my girlfriends, who's Tully's girlfriend now as well, um, Lauren, I was in between jobs and didn't really know what I, what I wanted to do. So Lauren was working at this um, children's modelling agency and she's like, oh, come and work, you know, it's just so easy, it's part-time um, and it's heaps of fun. So I started working there for a little bit and then all of a sudden, I still remember, I was sitting downstairs in the foyer and this girl walks in. I'm like, oh, my God, fuck. Oh, <laughs> oh shit. Oh, can I swear? Yeah, yeah oh, I'm like, go for it's it. It's a swearing <laughs> zone. Don't worry. I'll drop the F-bomb so many times. I, um, I thought, oh, my goodness, look at this. <laughs> <laughs> look how cool this girl looks. I just loved, I can't, I think you were wearing like this fur coat or it was just such a cool outfit. And instantly I thought, oh, my God, she's so cool. I need to be friends with her. <laughs> And that was it. We literally, we hit it off straight away. And then you, Lauren and I, we kind of, you know, became inseparable. And at that time, my husband, he had Eve. So every Saturday night we were out. Um, and the funnest memory, oh my God, I think there's so many. Um, I just, just got goosebumps, like remembering those fun times. How crazy is that? <laughs> oh, I know. Like we were 21, 22, 23, like running wild in this nightclub. So fun. Um, and yeah, it was fun. Like probably the best memories, those memories that I can't even remember. Yeah, 100%. Like those memories when you're drunk, like doing Macca's runs. Like, <laughs> I mean, there's so many fun memories, isn't there? Yeah. No, um, but it's wild though to see as well, like how much we've both grown up since. Yeah. Um, yeah, because 12, like, you know, 12, 13 years, like we've known you for our whole, we've been friends for like pretty much our whole 20s and now we're in our 30s. So yeah, it's crazy. It is crazy. Yeah. I, I've loved watching you grow. It's been amazing. Like from like, you know, a 
a fiance to like a mom, a wife, a mom. Oh, no. It's been such an amazing journey. So your journey, tell us a little bit about young Rosalia Dem, aka Russia, um, Russian. I nearly said Russia then. I'm like, <laughs> Russian? <laughs> young Rosalia Dem, what can I say? Um, born, I was born. Uh, <laughs> I, was, I was born. I guess that's a good place to start. Um, moved to Australia when I was like three and a half years old. Um, you know, grew up, I had such a great childhood. You know, I, I've spoken about this honestly before. We came with absolutely nothing, but my parents worked their ass off. Um, and even still, like I had such a great childhood. My my childhood's filled with memories of riding my bike down the street with my cousins, going away on family holidays, Noosa. Um yeah, just a really happy childhood. I was really into ballet. My mum got me involved in ballet really young. So I guess that was my real big focus um, growing up. And then it was around the time I was about 13, 14, my parents got divorced. I stopped ballet and, you know, I started becoming kind of like a, you know, I wouldn't say out of control, but, you know, a typical (laughs) teenager sneaking out the house. Um, And then again, like, I only have kind of happy, happy memories apart from being grounded here and there and (laughs) (laughs) um, getting into trouble. But that was it. I finished school. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. So I started um, studying advertising marketing and I knew that I wanted to do something creative, but um, still kind of in an office space. So I finished studying and then, again, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. So one of Nick's friends was looking for a an assistant um, and it was like in a building game. Mm-hmm. Um, it was at a property development office in the city. And so I did that for a couple of years and that's when I really, really realised that I'm like the office space is not for me. Like I just didn't want to work in an office environment. So after that, that's when I moved to the Children's Modelling Agency. That's where we met. That's yes. where we met. <laughs> yeah. And I loved, like I loved working there. It was um, it was fun because, you know, like we were doing castings and, um, you know, we were doing bookings and and booking children for that this job and it was still kind of like an office admin but it was a lot more creative yeah um from that I left there as well and it was at that stage that I loved working with children I realized I love children so um again like I, I didn't really know what I wanted to do mm. um I knew I wanted to do something creative I knew I loved children but I was kind of yet to find my feet um, then I started working at a childcare centre actually for a special needs um, role. And I actually never knew that. Yeah. That's yeah. really cool. I remember those days. I yeah. just, when you were just talking about that, I'm like, oh my God, I completely forgot you did that. Yeah. Was that one of the, your most like rewarding jobs you would say? Yeah, definitely. It opened my eyes to, I mean, at the time, like I didn't have any of my own kids, but looking back now, it's definitely, um, you know, it makes you realise that how lucky you are to have happy, healthy kids mm. and, you know, and, um, and it was like it was so rewarding and, you know, these children that I was like um, that I was working with, you know, they were, they were beautiful children and they, they you know, needed some, some help. help. So I was um, so I was helping out there and then on the side as well I was nannying um, and then I got married got pregnant and that's when I pretty much I stopped working when I think I was about six months pregnant um, because it was just so hard. Like it was Mm. so hard as um, many pregnant women would agree to work 
physically look after children and then be pregnant yourself. And I was getting so sick as well. You oh, pick I up, remember that. Yeah, you pick gastro up every week. Like every stay week. away from yeah. Rosa. She has gastro. gastro. Yeah. <laughs> so um, it was at that stage that I stopped working and then we had our beautiful daughter, Willow. Um, In the background here, though, you you had Instagram going, I did, didn't yeah. you? Yeah. So when did you when did you start Instagram and how did we working earning some kind of money on the side there or what that side of Instagram hadn't started yet? So I started Instagram. I still remember um, we were sitting on the couch and Nick was about to go away on his Bucks party to Vegas, and I remember joining Instagram. Obviously, there was. <laughs> There was Facebook, you know, MySpace. Mm-hmm. I grew up with MSN. Um, so it was nothing new to me. But I started Instagram. I went on a private page and um, – oh, no, sorry, no, I wasn't on a private page, not yet. And I just started uploading photos of, you know, of us like heading out mm. at night time. And f- after that, after just uploading a photo, you know, like a selfie in the mirror, people started asking, oh, where's your skirt from? Where's your outfit from? And um, and then, so then I started actually tagging brands and letting people know where my outfits were from and that's how I kind of gained a following. And at the time I was still working. That's when I was still working at the childcare mm. centre and nannying um, and there was nothing serious mm. about it. It was just, it was literally, I was just like uploading photos of, of my life and of, of us going going out. But I will say at the time as well, I feel like Nick as well, like Nick had a, had a big profile. Mm. He had, you know, the hottest nightclub in Australia. He had, you know, been on a few different reality shows. So I think people were genuinely already interested. interested. Yeah. So that helps like the natural. Yeah. 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 It's like, oh, who's Nick Russian's wife? Mm, or, yeah. you know, yeah. so people started naturally following me. Um, I don't even know where I'm going with this story anymore. I think it helps that like you have like you did have that kind of following already and you are a gorgeous person, you had amazing style and I think people were so interested in your life. Yeah. And I think like because obviously I've seen you from like the beginning and seeing it grow and I think you touched on before when you were pregnant, that's kind of when your following kind of, am I right, like kind of grew. Yeah, definitely. Um, oh, that's what I was saying. Um, so even with like before, you know, social media really took off, like we were lucky, like Nick and I, we were already getting invited to like different yeah. events, different shows. So, you know, I was just uploading things um, that were happening on a day-to-day basis. Then when I got pregnant with Willow and had and gave birth to her, that's when a whole new market kind of opened up and I guess I was put in this position where, you know, people were turning to me trying to ask advice on, you know, on um, on my pregnancy, on Willow, on where your baby clothes from. Mm. So naturally I started posting photos of Willow and oh, I love this pram that I'm using, I love this parenting book, love these bottles. And again, the mummy market's huge. Yeah. So that really took off. And it was around Willow was six months old. That's when I signed with the management, um, LMB management, who I'm still with to this day. And that's when it turned into a business. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd say, yeah, six Willow's seven this year. Mm. So yeah, about six and a half so years it's ago. In the six and a half years to now, like you have mm. two hundred and fifty thousand followers. You you are one of the top dare I say the word, influencers. Can I say that word? We're, we were talking about yeah. this before actually, influencers. And um, and I guess influencer has such a stigma attached to it. And I was actually listening to a podcast that Kim Kardashian was on recently and she actually said something that I'm like, that's actually so true. I almost feel like you've just got to own the word influencer because at the end of the day I do influence, influence yeah 
other people. Mm. And um, even like coming off, I've just finished doing a cotton-on campaign. Huge. And it was huge. Like yeah, She influenced me. Yeah. I've got like four of the tank tops <laughs> yeah. as we speak. I keep yeah. seeing on my Instagram feed like influenced by Rosa. Yeah. And I'm like, damn, like you – and. That must be such a nice feeling for you that you do have all these followers, but they trust, trust you enough you, yeah. to go out and buy these products that you do, do recommend. And I guess that's maybe because over the years, you know, because Instagram's so new and social media is so new, I feel like everyone on social media, we've tried different things, seen if it's work. Like mm-hmm. there were times where I was just doing so many sponsored posts and promoting yeah. so yeah. many products and I'll be open about it. And then the last couple of years we've taken it back to, um, you know, we've kind of stripped it back and back to basics. And now, yes, I do work with brands on a long-term basis. I don't really do one-off posts Mm -hmm. here and there. And it means that all the products that I'm promoting or that I'm wearing is actually products that I've either gone out and bought myself um, or I've been gifted and I actually love so yeah. I have been able to build that trust where my you're actually really authentic like yeah, yeah. you're not all about the dollars no yeah. and so when I promote a blush like this you know L'Oreal blush that I'm obsessed with at the moment um it's called life's a peach it's such a good blush and yeah. I use it every day mm. and so when people go out and buy the blush and they see that it's oh this is actually a really great mm. product the next time I recommend something they're going to trust me because yeah it's worked before. Yeah. 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 How much time do you think you do spend on social media every day? Like whether it be the work aspect or do you just sit there and scrolling flick personally? Yeah. yeah. Flick yourself? Endless. I think I break break social media down maybe in three different three different work um, boxes. So I will spend, you know, a few hours a day doing research. And that's, you know, looking at overseas accounts or looking with different brands and saying, oh, that's cool, that, or I like that I like that idea or I like that photo shoot or that's a really mm. cool product. Um, have they launched in Australia? Maybe I can pitch to them and see if I can work with them. So I spend a few hours a day actually doing research. Then we spend, um, you know, the second, I guess the second phase would be pitching. So we pitch a lot to different brands, um, you know, different concepts or if a client comes to us, then we'll come up with a different content plan of, mm-hmm. you know, how we think that the um, the content will roll out. And then the other uh, time um, is spent actually creating the content as well. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, shooting the product um, uploading the product, editing photos. So, oh, and then the fourth one I forgot is actually answering all the DMs and yeah. questions as well. You're really good at that. I think like you're really interactive, which I think is like what followers love. Having said that, do you spend like personal time on Instagram, like to look at friends' pages or anything like that? No. Or have you just turned it <laughs> no. in? Thanks. <laughs> no, 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 no. I just like wanted to know, like if you actually use it as like a personal thing, like would you, if someone was like, oh, we're going to dinner at this place, would you like, because t- I know I do this, would you type in that restaurant just to see what was like there or like it's oh, just I'm purely. I stalk all the time. Yeah, like it's just purely business. For me. And that's fine. Yeah. I just want to know. No, for yeah. me, Instagram, I think it's purely business yeah. like, because wow. I treat it as work, yeah. uh, as I said, because I treat it in four different ways. Yeah. And any time that I spend on Instagram, it's either researching mm-hmm. or working. Creating. So if you're like, oh, hey, let's go to this restaurant, I'll Google it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Google, yeah. yeah. Have you ever... Um, 
checked your screen time on Instagram each day or you're just like, mm. I don't even want it's to know. I turned daunting. it off. Yeah, I turned it's mine daunting. off. Yeah. Really? I had yeah. it and then I got rid of mine recently as well, but I would like to know that too if you yeah. ever check. No, I turned it off. Just before Christmas, I actually had two weeks off social media and I did find that I'm like, oh, my God, I've got so much free time yeah. during the day to do things. And, oh, no, and, I, and I did feel like so much lighter but at the end of the day, it's work and I had clients like knocking and, you know, yeah. calling like, hey, like chop, chop, I know you need a break, mm-hmm. but, you know, where's this post or where's this mm-hmm. or where's that? So now I've given myself a rule that I don't check it first thing in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, as soon as I wake up, it's so easy just to scroll through your phone, but yeah. I turn on the news straight away and I allow myself like 15 minutes just to see what's going on in the world and then I get up, have a shower yeah. and get ready. So going back to you having that time off over Christmas, how – important do you think that is mentally to check off like how did you feel like checking off it was so important towards the end of last year and even maybe middle of last year towards the end of last year I'll admit now that I really closed off on social media Mm -hmm. I wasn't enjoying it I hated doing it I was kind of doing like the bare minimum as well and like last year you know, I look back and I'm like, yeah, it was a great year. It was kind of like a tick year. Like, oh, yeah, tick. Mm -hmm. I didn't really know what I wanted to do next. And I was kind of just like ticking the boxes, Mm -hmm. if that kind of makes sense. And I was feeling so stressed out that I was trying to get my work done and I was being a really shitty mum, a really shitty wife. And towards the end of the year, um, I thought, do you know what? It's Christmas time. I can't even enjoy Christmas with my kids because I'm too busy, you know, on Instagram. Mm-hmm. So I said to my management team that I'm having a few weeks off, don't contact me. Yeah. And it was so good. Like I was I you almost feel lighter. I think yeah. anyone who's done it, you just feel so much lighter mm-hmm. and like no pressure to post because maybe some what some people don't realize is that the way that my brain works is that throughout the day I'm constantly thinking, like I could be walking down the street or driving in the car and I see something in the window and that's a business idea for me mm-hmm. or that's a photo shoot or that's a content mm-hmm. or I really like that colour. Um, and it, something from that will then eventuate into yeah, work. An idea. Yeah. yeah. So you're always on. I'm always on. My yeah. brain doesn't mm-hmm. stop. And that's just the way that I yeah. operate. I think that's interesting because like obviously Sarah and I run a business and we feel the same. It's like we're always on. But I think a lot of people out there would probably look at you and be like, oh, she's just posting a photo yeah. here and there. But you're constantly thinking, which I think is freaking amazing. You're constantly thinking of cool stuff to create for your followers. Um, I think that's kind of cool. So do you plan your posts? Like, would you sit and plan like your feed? Yeah. So my whole feed is planned. Um, and I use an app where I will upload photos in the app. I'll play around and see how my feed will look. And every single month as well, I have different clients I have to post about. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we've got to make sure as well that those clients are constantly in my feed. Um, and again, like I actually enjoy creating content now. For yeah. me, it's not just uploading a photo of my outfit. Like I enjoy creating content, doing cool pose mm-hmm. or, you know, constantly coming up with a fresh idea and doing something different. So um, the feed is always planned. Sometimes like randomly I'm like, oh, that's a really cool coffee cup and I'll upload photos straight away. Yeah. But most of the time it's actually thought thought out and planned. Yeah. Has your plan around Instagram changed since the algorithms and the likes and all that have disappeared? Like have you noticed a difference in how you're posting? Like you're not chasing likes or even brands you work with, has the 
the contract or what they want from you changed also? Definitely. I love not having likes yeah, on the feed. agree. Because there are times like, you know, you guys are so creative as well, you know, being designers. So sometimes we'll upload a photo that we think is really cool um, oh, yes. and it doesn't get any likes, yeah. but it's just like, but I think it's cool. Yeah. yeah. Like, so yeah. And did way- that used to get you down when you're mm-hmm. like, oh, God, that doesn't do very well? It does well. because yep. you take it per- – I like, and I think this is what you're trying to say is, well, you do you take it personally mm-hmm. as like a thing, but it's like, you know what, fuck it. I like this photo. I'm going to post it. And if it fits mm-hmm. in your feed and it relates to what clients you're working with, I think it's kind of cool that just post it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah. a prior thing about the first time uh, – as soon as you open your Instagram, you see a photo. The first thing that you catches your eye is how many likes it has. Yeah. Now you just look at the picture. Yeah. That's a cool picture or not. So I actually love not having likes. I think that everyone's gotten a lot more creative. I think chill. Their yeah, they're, yeah. they're yeah. posting like more, I think, and more. I think I said that to tell the other day. I was like, yeah. you're, you're a lot more creative with your Instagram mm-hmm. now. Yeah. I feel like we because Sarah interviewed me the other day and we we're exactly we're talking mm. about it. I feel like I don't care. Like if I like that, I'm going to post it. Exactly what you just said. Yeah. I think it's cool. So what would your, like we've been speaking about Instagram and stuff like that, what would your best advice be for someone who is wanting to get into the social media world if it's like content creating or like, you know, business or something like that? Is there any advice you would give someone? I think if you want to get into social media, say, for example, if you want to, um, you know, to promote your page, I always say to people, you need to find a reason why people are going to follow you. Mm. So it's something like, I can't remember what the um, stats were, but when someone clicks on your profile within about four seconds, they decide if they're going to follow you or not. Mm -hmm. So it's so instant. So something needs to catch their eye, whether it's the way that your feed looks or whether it's like your tips. Like say, for example, if you're a hairdresser, don't just upload photos of like the finished product. Yeah. Why not do, um, do you know, do stories or do little tips? So you need to give a reason why someone follows you. Mm-hmm. Think about the people that you follow. Why do you follow them? Yeah. They either, you love their style, they give great recipes, um, they've got an amazing house mm-hmm. or, you know, do interior style tips. So you always need to have a reason why someone follows you. I think once you find that reason, that's when you kind of like get into your groove and I think um, you'll start seeing some great results. In terms of getting getting into like content creation and actual social media, like anything, I think you just need to start from the bottom. Mm-hmm. You know, intern, ask if someone needs some help. Um, just learn from them and see how they do it and just start, you know, I guess like building up experience. Same as any yeah. job really. Having said about an intern, have you ever had an assistant or an intern? Like I know you get questions quite a lot asking if you've had like a nanny or an assistant or anything like that. Is that something you've had for social media before or is it something that you're looking to get? Never. I've never had an intern, never had an assistant. Um, I think as well that's because I know, Tally, you've got the same management yeah. as me. So our management's incredible. There's Within our management team, there's a booker who looks after all your bookings. There's a PR girl, there's a content girl, there's mm-hmm. someone who pitches, there's, you know, um, an assistant as well who can, you know, run over, drop some clothes off. So I found that I've never needed to have an assistant. I am looking to have one now as the busier I get. Mm-hmm. Um, and with Nick opening his new venue, I'm going to need help because I am going to be helping Nick just like, you know, with content creation and, you know, styling the venues. So we are, I think maybe we might even share an assistant, like a general life admin assistant. Guys, you heard it here. If you want to be Rosalia's (laughs) assistant, apply within. (laughs) Job inquiry. Yeah, Yeah, job inquiry. If you want to be Nick um, Nick and I's personal assistant. 
Send your resume. Send it across. I do have a question around social media and Instagram because I remember having this conversation with you many years ago and it was about creating a brand and establishing a brand and something you have done so successfully around Instagram. Um, What would you do if Instagram didn't exist tomorrow? Good question. Hmm. <laughs> be a mum. Yeah, be a mum. Um, Maybe enjoy I'll my stalk life. No, my friend's no. Instagrams because apparently she yeah. doesn't use Instagram personally. <laughs> oh, I've answered this question before. But hard. It is hard. Mm. Like I don't know. Like live my life. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> but God. just not Wouldn't, post about yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just live my life. But Would not you post start about a business it. or anything like that? Well, I am looking to start a couple of businesses this year, and I do want to move into the product base, but. Mm. All she decided, I think what I would do is I would create a product and that's yeah. something that I'm working on at the moment. Yeah. Um, I am looking to create a couple of different products and that's what I would do. I'd help Nick with obviously with his business mm-hmm. and help him run that, um, be a mum and, yeah, bring out my own product. And you say you're going to bring out your own product. Have you announced that yet or is that no. something we can talk about? Okay, next no. question. <laughs> no, I will say it was it was going to be shoes. It was. Um, it was. Okay. Going, it was. Yeah. Okay, going to shoes, I know you launched a shoe line a few years ago and on the topic of like business and stuff, is there anything that you learned from that experience that you'll take into the next kind of phase that you, the product that you're launching? That we can't announce. Yes. That, that we can't. <laughs> <laughs> the secret product. No, I, I was going to do shoes I had all intentions I started working on the name mm. the design the product finding factories and I said over Christmas time when I had some time off the penny just dropped I'm like shoes is just the wrong yeah the wrong wow. business for me at the moment yep I just think the market's saturated I think that shoes isn't something that's um it's not something that you buy every single week yeah exactly so, and the risk of the shoes as well. This is me putting my business brain on. Um, but the cost of making the shoes was enormous. Yeah. Enormous. Like, um, because the US dollar is so high at the moment, you know, business like fashion and retail is tough. Yeah. Really I think tough. that's why it's like how you had the time off to think over and then realistically you're like, actually, no. Um, I think shoes would be hard, like, because you'd be left with a lot of stock. Because when you think about ordering shoes, and I think I had this um, discussion with you, it's a little bit different to clothing. You have to order quite a few sizes, different colors, and you'd have so much stock. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, but I'm excited to hear what your next product is. Which I can't tell you. But, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> but um, I, what can I say? Can I say it's in the beauty space? Maybe? I was going That's to cool. say, I was, I was going to say Might. that I feel like I'd be in the beauty yeah. space. Yeah. It's in the beauty um, space. Cause I feel like, you know, watching you over the last like few months, like, and what you post and stuff like that, a lot of people are interested in what you use. So, um, I'm excited. I, I actually learned something of you posting on Instagram the other day and Tal was even go. impressed oh, by my knowledge. Yeah, Here this is go. good. I was like, how, like Sarah doesn't know anything about cosmetics. Like anything. I told her how to wash her face, like cleanse, tone, moisturize, buy this, this, this. And what happened the other day? Uh, I don't even know what it was. I know what it was. It was, it was a primer. Exactly. And Tal goes, do you even know how to use it? I literally I said, yes, Rosa told me how to use this. I literally said, I'm like, do you even know how to use that? She did. She said You were shook. You were shook. Yeah, I was. I was like, okay, well done. Um, Yeah, so that's – so we know you work closely with your stylist, Elliot, who is also repped by our management, Um, and you have like a close friendship like Sarah and I in business. It. How do you guys make that work? Because we get asked a lot. A lot. Like how do you guys – 
And I feel like your relationship's quite similar with Elliot. Like you guys t- give each other shit. Um, you work so well together. Spend a lot of time outside of yeah. work together. How do you guys make that work? Because I think that's that was kind of like one of the questions when I did a shout out on Instagram. People wanted to know about that relationship. About Elliot and our relationship. Yeah. <laughs> oh so I was like, I was like intrigued. I thought people wanted to know. I, I think it's like cool that they asked. And then when we spoke about it, we're like, mm. oh, they have kind of a similar relationship to Sarah and I. I think it just comes down to like I feel like Elliot's like my brother, like yeah. an annoying, no, like annoying brother who gives me shit, and I'm like an annoying sister who just like constantly hounds him for something or like you know like, um, I think as you said, like you have to be so comfortable within each other to give each other shit mm-hmm. to have an argument, and then in a few days later, like, or the next morning, you move on. Yeah. Because. Exactly like us. <laughs> yeah. Think about when you're yeah. so close and you're so comfortable that he's seen me at my worst, I've seen him at his worst, and your opinion of each other doesn't change. Yeah. That kind of makes sense. And you're not trying to impress each other. It's just, I don't know, when you meet someone who's a genuine friend and you just, like, click it off, like, you, you know, you, um, you hit it off to begin with, it's not... It's not hard to be mm. friends with someone even if you're working together. Yeah. I don't know. Is that kind of? Yeah. 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 And, yeah, sorry, keep going. And how, um, and how the relationship works. Obviously he styles me and he dresses me, but there are plenty of times I'm Elliot, I need an outfit for this. He's like, fuck off, no. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, great. I'll I'm just like, dress myself. <laughs> I'll just dress myself. And then there are other times he'll come over and I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, um, so I wanted to put some outfits together for you. I'm thinking this, this, this. I'm like, what? Like, and he just will raid my wardrobe. He'll, he'll go buy me things and it's like, yeah, um, you need this or you need that. So I don't know. Like I think the the best way I can describe it is that we are so comfortable yeah. within each other um, that it's just easy. Like it's such an easy friendship and it's easy working together. We take the piss, we have fun and we don't take – we don't treat it as a job yeah. as such. Yeah. Yeah. And there's no pressure like – we have don't you, really care if Have you ever worn like. something and he's been like, Rosa, what are you wearing? All the time. <laughs> <laughs> I'll upload something is like, he's like, burn that. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, what? I'm like, I like, he's like, burn that. He's like, that is disgusting, burn it. And I'm like, that's fine. But, I mean, I give him shit over his coloured nail polish that he wears. I'm like, yeah. that is disgusting. Yeah. Like those nails are disgusting. Like what are you doing? Yeah. So I who, think that's cool. Who are your style icons? Because at the moment, like, I can see the Princess Diana vibes mm-hmm. and all that kind of 90s elegance. So who are you drawing inspo from at the moment? Who do we turn to? We turn to, I mean, I love Christine Centenera. Mm-hmm. She's a very classic style and I think Elliot, um, like he loves her style but I think he likes to push the boundaries a bit more. Mm-hmm. So when I dressed like on a day-to-day basis by myself, I think I draw inspiration from her. When it comes to event dressing or like going out, partying, I know Elliot, for me, he dre- he draws a lot on like Bella Hadid, Kendall Jenner, um, who else? Yeah, Princess Diana, just like that 90s sort of style because when you look yeah. at Kendall and Bella, they dress very 90s. Yeah, love that. Um, but then he'll see something overseas and he'll literally, he'll see like a skirt. This is how talented he is as well. Like he'll see a skirt or he'll see a colour and then he'll create this like outfit in his head from nothing. Mm. So um, sometimes we turn to people. Sometimes it's just like a dress that he's seen and he then he'll like, oh, I want to pair it with these shoes, mm. this hair, this makeup. Um, 
yeah, so it just changes. Yeah. How important do you think it is to have a stylist in this industry? Not important at all. Okay. Because that was another question that someone pulled up. Actually, a few people pulled up on Instagram. Um, They wanted to know how important. I think they were studying to be a stylist too and they wanted to know how important that they think it is. Look, at the end of the day, everyone can hire a stylist and they can look an amazing, amazing event. Mm -hmm. For me, it's your day-to-day style and how you dress on your days off. Yeah. That's what I think, you know, really, I guess – that's when you see someone's personal true style. style, true yeah. style, and yeah. whether they have style or not, that sounds bad. <laughs> no, but it's true. Like some people can just, I, I agree, I think so too. Yeah. yeah, anyone can hire a stylist yeah. and then you look amazing for that one night or that one day, but then what about the next day? Yeah. What about the week after that? Or when you, I see so many girls, like they'll spend all this money on a stylist. Oh, crazy. And then the next day or the next week I'll see them and I'm like, oh, my God, what a waste. I know that sounds so bad, but it's like but that's not style. And I feel like it's kind of sad that you feel that you have to use a stylist mm. for an event because you don't. Mm. Um, in me saying that, obviously people can be like, but why do you use Elliot? And for me it's a time thing mm-hmm. because I'm, you know, I'm, a mom. Time poor mum. Yeah. Um, and another thing as well that because we like to push boundaries and we use, we love to create different characters and different looks, he will reach out to different brands that we want to work with and then he'll come up with an outfit. But for things like weddings and if I'm yeah. going out for dinner or if I've got just a birthday you. party, I just dress myself. Yeah. Mm. yeah, you don't need a stylist for a wedding. What would you say are upcoming trends for 2020? I posted about this the other day, um, combat boots. I guess by the time oh, this love. podcast will come out, we'll be like in yeah. winter. Yeah. So combat boots, tucking your pants into your boots um, are called the hair claw. The hair, oh. the hair claw, you know, like the love. 90s hair claw. Like those little oh, really? butterfly clips yeah. you used to wear. Yeah. Oh, my God. I had okay. like every single colour. Yeah. Um, tonal dressing, like yeah, especially cool. yeah. in winter, you know, all grey, all burgundy, all lime. Very Kim K. Very Kim yeah. K. Tonal dressing. Um, but I think the more time goes on, the less we kind of have style and trends because mm-hmm. think about back in the day, we didn't have access to the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, we had to have to wait until we saw something in a magazine and almost like someone, the magazine would dictate to us what's in fashion yeah. at the moment. Mm-hmm. But now that we have Instagram, we have access. so accessible. Everything's accessible. Yeah. You can shop online. So people kind of, I think, create their own style. Yeah. So I agree with that. Less trendy. Yeah. I've got a question. What would be like your mo- like your favorite outfit that you've worn to like an event? Would it be like your wedding dress? Because your wedding dress was freaking amazing. Would that be something that would be your favorite? Or is there something that you've worn before that you're like obsessed with? Yeah, I mean my wedding dress, like yeah. I remember when I chose my wedding dress, I just wanted this might sound silly, but I wanted to look like a traditional bride. Yeah. I didn't want anything that was too on trend, um, too fashiony, because I wanted it to be a timeless look that I look back in 10, 20, 30 years and think, oh my God, what was I thinking? Yeah. So when it came to my wedding dress, I think it was very traditional. Um, very classic. I had my hair up. Mm. Um, I had a long veil, a, you know, simple white bouquet. It was very timeless. So yeah. as I look back now, like we've been married for nine years and I love my wedding dress. Yeah. You know, I might a change a little bit here and there, but yeah. I look at it now and I'm like, I'm pretty so- sure I saw someone last week in the same like yeah. style, like Jaton dress. Like, yeah. so I think you did well and like you were even ahead of the game then, yeah. which I think is cool. Yeah. Now, I want to go a little bit deeper on this because we were recently at an event and you started talking and opening up about the, 
having your children, your pregnancies mm-hmm. and what life was like during your pregnancies and after your pregnancies and especially after kin- Kingston, um, you touched on you thought you had a bit of postnatal depression. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a bit more about that? Yeah, it's something that I've never, I mean, I spoke about it at that event but I haven't really spoken about too much and looking back now, I was such it was such a shitty, hard time and I think because the first time you have a baby, I mean, like women suffer from postnatal mm-hmm. post- Postnatal, first, second, third, fourth pregnancies. But for me, I think the first pregnancy um, and having Willow was hard because I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. Mm. And because I didn't really know what I was doing, you know, and it's your first pregnancy, your first baby, I think there's a lot more kind of um, not support but like everyone's yeah. a lot more Every, willing yeah. to hands-on, yeah. like first kid in the family. like Yeah. yeah. And you're yeah. fully prepped. Like yeah. you have no idea. Yep. Yeah. And I wasn't working with Willow. Mm. Um, I had a lot more time to relax and a lot more time to just focus on her. Yeah. Like it was just Willow and I. And I remember like, you know, spending endless days, like going for a walk in the park and it was just such a like easy. a relaxing, easy time. Mm. I mean, people would be like relaxing with a baby. But like it was. Yeah. Like, yeah. In terms of I had no other pressure or stress. Yeah. yeah. Um, then with Kingston, I was booked on my job. Like the first job I did was like two weeks after I gave birth to him. So I was flat out working already. And I think I already had that pressure of not from anyone, just from myself of getting back into it. Yeah. And because we already had Willow, it was so busy. You didn't have time to relax with the baby because I had Willow. I had to pick her up from kinder. I had to take her to ballet. I had to do this, had to do that. And then on top of that, I was posting on social media And as I said, it wasn't from anyone else but the pressure on myself. And because I already knew what I was doing with Kingston, he was a great baby. He was sleeping, he was eating, but just something in me, I think maybe because I'm like, I was fine, I'm fine, Mm. I was running on adrenaline, I didn't need any help, I didn't accept any help. You also had the pressure of Instagram, like probably people wanting to work with you and so you didn't have that with Willow. No, no, and so... I guess what I'm trying to say is with Willow, it was just her and I. Yeah. Mm. With Kingston, it was Kingston, myself, it was Willow, yeah. it was social media, yeah. it was so much pressure. And because I was coping fine looking after Kingston, but mentally I wasn't coping. Yeah. And I was just like, I had like no sleep, I was running on adrenaline and I was so resentful um, of having like having kids and it sounds horrible to look back now but I was just like I remember like screaming at the kids and thinking like this is not normal like this is not normal and at one stage like Nick and I like I I was just such a shitty wife to him as well and I was literally I was having like a mental breakdown I was having a mental breakdown one day I remember I had this like I've never ever told anyone like my closest friends know but I was having a mental breakdown where I just walked out of the house. I left. I'm like, I can't do this. Mm. And like Nick was at home with the kids and I just disappeared for a few hours and I'm like, I can't do this. I just I physically, like mm. I'm done. Like yeah. I'm actually done. And it took a while to get back on track but I think the first step was actually admitting that I wasn't coping. Yeah, yeah I was just about to say, how did you pull yourself out of out of that? I was, I'm not coping. Yeah. Like I'm yeah. actually not admitting. coping. I stopped working mm. as much. So I pulled back on work. I wasn't coping. And just things like I started accepting help mm-hmm. from people as well. Can you just look after Kingston while to go for a walk? Yeah, I just and having time. Yeah. And yeah. yourself, yeah. The whole the old saying of, you know, happy mum, happy family, yeah. I guess it's so true because 
I couldn't look after myself, how could I look after my family? Yeah. So having accepting help, having some time away by myself and just trying to not be perfect as well. Like the house didn't have to be spotless every single night, uh, every, every day. The laundry yeah. basket didn't have to be empty. And then things like we, you know, I hired a cleaner and just re- offloaded re- some yeah, jobs. Yeah, offloading some jobs and just having that mental space to try and get back on track. Mm-hmm. But as I, I think the first big step for me and Nick saw it as well was just like I'm not coping. Yeah. I'm not coping and I need help. Yeah. And on social media obviously we try and put, you know, our the best happy, lives, yeah. our happy lives. Yeah. And I think I took some time off social media as well. And it's hard. Like being a mum is so hard. Yeah. Mm. It's so hard. It's crazy because I remember when you were going through that and it's the same thing like on the outside, like you look like you had, you know, obviously I knew you were struggling but like on the outside people would be like, oh, my God, she's like got two kids, like she's loving life, like all this kind of stuff, life's perfect. And, guys, it's really important to remember that Instagram, you know, it's not all flowers and butterflies. It's like behind that screen there's a real freaking person there and that real person is dealing with like real problems. Um, But what would your advice be to any mums that are struggling? Like obviously you've kind of run through like, you know, offloading a few things but like how important do you think it is to speak up and like go see help and stuff like that? I think it's so important to admit that you're Mm. not coping Mm. and that's okay. Like you're not going to be a perfect mum and that's fine. Yeah. And yes. Expectations, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, But as I said, but no one else was putting this pressure on me. It was was me and myself. Yeah. Like it was all in my head. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think you as well, you need to find time for yourself and find what makes you happy. Yeah. So for me, for example, I'm very open in admitting that I need time away from my kids to be the best mum that I can. And that's okay. like that self-care yeah. time. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that self-care time. I love working. Mm. I love exercising. So, you know, going to the gym, like we all train yeah. together, going to the gym three times a week. I've started Pilates, you know, on the weekends mm-hmm. as well, going to Pilates and having an hour or two away from my kids yeah. makes me a better mum. My kids have sleepovers with their grandparents. Yeah. And again, and that's time for Nick and I to actually be normal because mm-hmm. – as well, like I had kids really young. Mm-hmm. So I'm 31 with two kids. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm yeah, with almost a seven-year-old. So I still want to go out and have dinner or go out with friends yeah. or have a drink. And just having my own identity away from the kids. I was makes just about to say mom. that. Like it's really nice you still do have your own identity yeah. because so many mums get so caught up with their kids and then when they grow up and say they move out or they go wild. No, yeah, the, <laughs> the mums, mums are like wild. the yeah. mums are like who am I? What have yeah. I, all my life's yeah. been given to my kids? Yep. Yeah. And sometimes as well like I know some women who just love being mums mm. and that's all they want to do yeah. and that's and that's okay. Yeah. That's that's what makes them happy, but I guess what I'm saying is like you need to find what makes you a better mum, whether that's, you know, having some time away from yourself, whether that's working, whether that's exercising. And I know like we have some girlfriends who are working mums full time mm. and they get shamed for putting their kids in childcare or, you yeah, know, having ridiculous. nannies. And it's like, well, do you know what? Come the weekend, they are such hands-on mums and they do more than what, you know, some other mums some do. Like you do, do at home. Week. Yeah. yeah. It's so true. Yeah. It's quality over quantity, hey? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Now, now the kids are older and you do have a lot more free time for yourself. Uh, what do you do to look after yourself? Like what's an average day for oh. you? Because this is what a lot of – Okay, this yeah. is another question. Yeah. How does 
froze their ghetto abs. I'm like, well, I can tell you. <laughs> she eats like a horse and she trains like. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about how you stay fit and all that kind of stuff. So now that Willow's at school full time, obviously she's grade one. Kingston's just started kindergarten. So we do have that set days where both Nick and I know that the kids are looked after um, and there's a lot less pressure from our family as well to look after them because we've I know I've, I've mentioned before we don't have nannies or anything like that so now that our our um, kids have some sort of routine I have a day like a Monday for example I go to the gym Monday Wednesday Friday with you guys yes, yes. <laughs> she's an absolute animal on a treadmill, I know, guys. this is so funny. Like, so obviously Rose is an ex-ballerina. I've never, ever seen you run in my life <laughs> until it went Fox Fit. I'm like, damn, she can run fast she, she and she runs jumps on like a monkey. 18. And we're all trying to catch up to her. And no she's just, way. Oh. Stop. You guys are so fit as well. <laughs> no, but guys. like to be fair, I was surprised when I saw you run. Yeah. I was like, shit, Rosa runs. Yeah, I can run. Yeah, she can run. Yeah, I can yeah. run. Um, So, yes, yeah, so I go to the gym three times a week. Then an average day now, for example, a Monday for me is all admin day. I will mm. do all my admins. I'll do my emails. I'll mm-hmm. do like whether it's paying bills, whether it's, you know, responding back to emails, whether it's having a meeting with my management, planning out the week. That's like a Monday. Um, Tuesday as well, like Kingston does sport for a few hours on a Tuesday. So I'll try and do like all my beauty appointments on a Tuesday. Again, don't laugh. Some people might judge. <laughs> but no. for me, it's important, you know, yeah, I'll get yeah. my nails done, I'll get my hair done, I'll have a facial, I'll get a spray tan, whatever it is that needs for me you know, to feel good, good about myself. It's I'll also try part and, of your job too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'll try and schedule that in on Tuesday. On a Wednesday is when I'll try and book in all my photo shoots. Mm-hmm. So that's all my, um, whether I'm doing a campaign, whether I need to shoot for clients, um, photo shoots will be on a Wednesday. And then Thursday and Friday I try and spend with, um, Kingston's always home on a Thursday. So I'll do different activities with him on a Thursday and Thursday's mum mode. Friday as well I might work for half a day because Kingston's at kinder for half the day as well. So I might work half a day. Um, and then during the week as well, like say I'll do all my admin on Monday. So Monday I'll pick the kids up from school, then it's swimming. Tuesday's basketball. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh so God, it never stops. <laughs> it doesn't stop. But yeah. I feel like now I've found a really nice balance yeah. where we have a routine. The whole family knows what's going on every mm-hmm. single week and family life just runs really smoothly. Yeah. If that I think sounds like sense. you need a really important structure. To yeah, run a, you do. Yeah. I think yeah. it's important. It's like that work-life balance, you know what days. And we've had that discussion before at the end of last year when you were feeling a little bit like flustered. It's yeah. like when we were speaking, it's like you need to have a structure so yeah. you don't get that fluster. Yeah, and that's yeah. where um, like my management team only booking jobs yeah. on the days that they know that the kids are at school, at kindergarten, or that my mother-in-law, she comes and helps me mm-hmm. once a week, my mum comes and helps me. So there's no – every single week's planned out and there's no like – rushing around, oh, my God, who's going to look after the kids? Yeah, or, Nick, yeah. can you pick here? That like, And that's when you create, like, anxiety inside yes, you. Yeah. And then that's when you do, like, get, like, anxiety and, you, like, what you said about last Stress year. You just, like, you, build yeah. up and then you, like, have a breakdown. Like, yeah. you're just, like, can't do this anymore. Yeah. And as well, like, Nick and I are such a great team and he is honestly such a good hands-on dad as well where he takes the kids to school and kindergarten every single day. That's his thing that he does. That's so cute. So if I need to work early, if I need to start work at 6, 7 o'clock in the morning. You don't have to stress. It's I don't have to stress. He's sorted. But then on the flip side as well, he always works really late Monday nights and Tuesday nights are his meeting nights with his different, um, different businesses. So Monday I take the kids swimming by myself, take them swimming, come home, dinner, bath, bed. I do that by myself. Yeah. Tuesday the same, basketball, bed, bath, <laughs> myself. Yeah. So – 
we kind of we we definitely we share the load. Yeah. And sometimes when if I travel for work, he has it sorted. Like he doesn't he never ever complains. Yeah. He has it sorted. That's and the cool. same like when he's got an event on, I have it sorted. So we you know you kind of tag team. And I there's there's cool. no I do this and you do that and I do more. You can't be like that. Yeah. This is, yeah. this is some really great relationship yeah, advice I know. for us when we <laughs> I know I'm just like, <laughs> like let's write this down. Exactly. I think you guys are an amazing team. Um so I wanted to kind of move back to like fashion because I know a lot of people obviously look up to you to style and stuff like that. If someone was to invest in one designer handbag for their life, what handbag would that be and why? I think a Louis Vuitton. Yeah. Um the original LV logo. Think Love. about how many years it's been. Yeah. And Yes, it comes in and out of fashion, but what size would you recommend? Go the speedy. <laughs> speedy. I yeah. know I might bring the speedy yeah. back. So I okay, this is one memory. So I'm like jumping in here, but this is a memory about you. When you were talking before about how you met me, I will never forget seeing you like went like first back in the early days and you had the speedy mm-hmm. and I was just like, oh my God, I want that bag so she much. She has the speedy. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I probably went and out and bought it. So you were influencing even <laughs> like when you were early 20s because yeah. you made me buy it. So yeah. Yeah. No, I remember Nick bought me that speedy bag for um, I think for my birthday, like really early on. But it's I think an LV logo bag. Mm. It comes and goes, but it's such a classic, timeless print. Yeah, if you know what I mean. It lasts don't, so long. Yeah, don't get anything with graffiti or flowers mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. anything on there. Just get a classic LV. But then I'll say as well, I've got the Chanel um, wallet on the chain bag. Love that. Mm. And this was kind of controversial the other week. I was doing a Q and A, and someone's like, "Do you like the boy bag?" And I'm like, "Oh, look, I prefer something else." And like, "Why don't you like the boy bag?" I'm yeah. like, oh. "I'm not saying I don't like the boy bag." No. I- like something a little bit more classic. I think so classic. too. Yeah. I've got the boy bag and I look at it now and I'm like, I mean, like I love the boy bag too, but I think the wallet bag is way like I look at the wallet bag and I'm like, that could that was around like 20 years ago or mm. whatever. I look at the boy bag and I'm like, I feel like that was just like a trend. Yeah. And it's the, a bit of a change to the classic Chanel. Yeah. yeah. And the boy bag, you know, it's like I love the boy bag. You've got the boy bag, but you've got other bags as well. Yeah. So if you were only going to buy one, mm. I feel like the Chanel wallet on the chain, love like that. I'll wear during the day, but then like I um, tuck the chain in. <laughs> into the, like, inside the bag and you can have it as a clutch at night time as well. So that's all I'm like saying is, like, one. just yeah. choose something that's um, a bit timeless and something maybe a bit more versatile. Yeah, mm. I like that. I think that's it, <laughs> folks. I think that's – Yeah, I think it is. Let's is wrap it, it up yeah. and have a glass of wine. <laughs> I know, right? I've Yeah, I've enjoyed this. Like I said, I was a little bit nervous. I don't know why. Thank just you for being so honest and that about, like, your experience with the kids and mm. all that. But um, thank you. I think a lot oh. of people will take a lot of things out of this. So it was amazing. Thank uh, you. Thanks for having me. No, and of yeah, course. personal assistant, I email know. me. Seriously, <laughs> what's your email? Let's get that out. If you like, comment below. <laughs> comment below. Yeah, yeah. Send me your resume. Yeah. So Melbourne yeah, based, nice. guys. Melbourne based. <laughs> Melbourne, yes. Yeah. Melbourne based. Needs to have a car. Yeah. <laughs> Working with children's check. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. All right. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. 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 the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.